you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL podcast goes to lunch together. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Absolutely true, by the way. I think we've talked about it on the show before. We do go to lunch together mm. most days. It's a construct, a construct of the job. Uh, we need to get the lunch out of the way, come back. Other people on this campus, they walk out, they're gone for 90 minutes. Wes, we got to keep the news coming. We don't get a chance to do anything. Well, we, hang out with each other. We did have a little tradition on Fridays in the offseason oh, that, that we would walk down. We got some nice barbecue one day. I do remember on the way back, though, it, it was just before camp started, Mark was like, well, that's the last time this is happening. Well, I did send months. out that Evite. <clears throat> for June 2016. That'll be the next time we do anything in a leisurely fashion. That is. I mean, we're in the middle of it now. This is the middle of the preseason. This, Greg, here's the schedule. Preseason rolls into kickoff Thursday, rolls into 17 weeks of NFL action. Then we get, you know, I'm what? aware of the Seven, eight weeks of playoffs. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time. Season ends. You got the Pro Bowl, which is on the Sunday before the Super Bowl now. The Combine after that. Then the draft. Then owners' meetings, then mini camps. All right. Listen, it's about about middle of June. You will get a breather, Greg. <laughs> then contrived controversy du jour. That's right. Yeah. Well, all right. So that is the league schedule, Greg. You didn't need that. You're saying? No, I'm I'm aware of it. I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. Uh, big show today, and one more a teaser. Mm. Uh, Win Wes's toaster, a game of skill and valor, the trivia game. I had reached out. I'm just going to pull back the curtain a little bit. I had reached out to someone that works at NFL Media that I thought, and I'm not going to name him, that I thought really had a chance to take down Wes. Elliot Harrison? I'm not going to say who it was. I'm just going to say he does not want to come on the show, does not want to do the trivia game. Uh, out of respect for Wes. Come get your whooping, Steiner. Out of respect for Wes. Uh, out of respect for Wes. And so we're going to lean hard on the contestants uh, from... Uh, America and overseas, and hopefully we find someone that is in the non-tomato can right. 
uh, field. People outside of the building have never beaten Wes. I mean, other than Damashek, Wes hasn't beaten anyone inside the building. He's 0-1 against me. Oh, look how he worked that He takes care of Damashek, but that's about it. That doesn't really count when you beat Damashek. Yeah, it's basically like a professional. Literally, you are paid for your football opinions against a bunch of amateurs. So it's, you know, to use the Mike Tyson comparison, it's like Mike Tyson against your grocer. Or whatever. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, Sully has said he's found this time around, he's claiming he found some non-tomato cans. I'm going to be skeptical. We've heard it before. I'm going to be skeptical until it happens. And I'm going to put this out there, not to put any pressure on who, who might be in the mix to take on Wes. If you guys stink out the joint and Wes drops like 6-1 and 6-0 hammers on you guys, this game's going away for a while. Mm. Yeah, or at least until I can find someone who I decide and believe in can take down West. This is going to be some Manny Pacquiao. Once I'm rooting BS. against the contestants now. Get rid of this boring game. I like how you're like the Don King of this game. I, I am. I'm Dan King. <laughs> I, you know, this is going to be a Floyd Mayweather where Wes is driving around $90 million sports cars because he doesn't have to beat anybody worth a damn. I'm going to find a real damn contender for Wes or the game's over. Well, good luck. I like it. The Mayweather comparison is apt because uh, Wes is very successful and is totally boring to watch. Yeah. Well, wow. wow. I mean, that was that I'm was. Not, I mean, I mean the game that. is boring. You're the boss. Let's start seeing some of this ninety million. <laughs> it's fair. All right. On today's show, uh, we have a lot to get to uh, in the news. We have some injuries to talk about. Unfortunately, it's it's something part of it. I, I always preface it by saying unfortunately, but it's just this is it just me or is it a major injury every three days, like on like without fail including a big one in Dallas last night. Uh, we're going to talk about some veterans that finally got signed uh, and joined some teams. that There's some in- intriguing juice there. We're going to hit up the Hard Knocks recap, um, episode three of the HBO documentary series profiling the Houston Texans in training camp, uh, aired on Tuesday night. So we will talk about that show, that excellent show. And uh, then we will get into a segment that uh, I call... <laughs> Teams we feel different about over the course of a calendar month. Workshopping the title couldn't be no, better. We went through a couple different titles yesterday in the office, and that I'm sold on that. I mean, that was the best we got Poetry. so far. And if anybody can think of a better one, shoot us a tweet. So teams we feel different about over the course of a calendar month. So basically, these are teams that we feel different about than we did uh, back in July over the course of this cal- calendar month. A month ago. All right. And then maybe a surprise at the end of the show. An old friend will stop by. But before uh, we do any of that, we check in with another, uh, well, young, youngish friend. He is TD. What is going on, guys? Speaking of games, I came up with a new game to play with around the NFL. So you guys know your Twitter handle, around the NFL. And now you got to guess whose tweet was that. So hashtag, whose tweet is this anyway? Once the tweet goes out from around the NFL, guess who who sent that out? Wes, Dan, Cessler, Greg. And guess what? The, what? the one, the first time you played this game over the weekend, you were dead wrong. You thought it was me, and it wasn't me. I don't remember what it was, but I wasn't working. I, 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 this is the first I'm hearing of this, but I, I seem, I like it. Yeah, I feel like it could promote heat. I, lo- I love it. Who's sweet is this anyway? All right. So how do we do this again? You guys sent out a tweet, and, yeah. li- and our listeners, and you know, on on Twitter, is West to say his fans. You know, just guess who's sweet is it anyway? It was Wes the other night, by the way. Well, it was either Wes or Greg. What was the tweet? Yeah, it was about football. Play action and stuff, so I knew it couldn't be Dan. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Why not? Well, I just figured it couldn't be Dan. It also had to do with, like, a big name. I don't know what play action is. Mark. 
You know, wait, so Dan isn't, you know, in, totally encapsulated in football like 90 hours a week. It so like he's not qualified. Like talk, you know? I, play God, see, that's wrong perception. I don't like your game at all. <laughs> Let's do some news. Bad blood. Uh, he's trying to get. He got me back, though. I thought you were going to play the whole thing. Thank you, though. I appreciate that. Let's start uh, with the Denver Broncos, who we've talked about. I've had a ton of concerns about their offensive line. Uh, they just added a major name. Evan Mathis, formerly of the Eagles, signed a one year, $4 million contract with the team on Tuesday uh, that uh, fortifies left guard for them, adds. Had some real veteran experience and a talented guy to a team that had started three players without an NFL snap of experience in their most recent preseason game. Greg Rosenthal, I'll start with you. Uh, a nice win-now move by the ultimate win-now team in the league, isn't it? It's huge. It's at a weak position. The price was right. You said $4 million, but that was with incentives. I mean, they're paying them, I think, $2.5 million base salary, so that's a great deal for John Elway. I read something how they have eight different guys who have been on a first or second team all pro in the last two years. I mean, you don't put everything on that, but people forget Manning might be injured or his his arm might not be great, but they've got a lot of talent. And Mathis adds to that. They needed to get a veteran on this line too, though. A lot of young guys. And, you know, we just, Dan just took a knock for not knowing his football. That's nonsense. In his post. I know what he, play action is. Well, he pointed TV. out correctly that no, no GM in the league is doing what John Elway is doing in terms of collecting as much talent for this season alone. He's done a great job of it. Elway does not get the credit he deserves as a general manager. I, see, I feel like he does get credit. I will say that he does seem to know how to stretch a buck. And I found it interesting that. Peyton Manning takes a $4 million pay cut in the offseason. Evan Mathis comes in at $4 million. There could not be a better way to spend that excess cap money. So in this case, it all pays off in a a glorious way for Peyton Manning, who, by the way, is like 39 years old now, not moving any faster. So you don't want to have some crappy line in front of you. This is a perfect signing. Who's not buying that he turned down a deal for $5.5 billion? Oh, I'm not buying that that for a second. That was reported by Ian Rappaport. I don't doubt that his agent... Uh, told him that. Right. Because let's be frank, Evan Mathis's hubris and his overestimation of his own value lost him a significant amount of money. It's he, he was going to make five football focus, blowing smoke up as you it, know what all the PF, time. PFF might have cost him a little bit money. He thought he had more value than he did. He turned down an offer from the Eagles to get a $1 million raise up to $6.5 million because he thought he wanted something long term. He turned that down, and he gets $2.5 million. So do you think Evan Mathis, which I, I agree with the premise, but you think Evan Mathis would have gone to a crappy fourth-place team in some other division for another million dollars? Yeah. I mean, I, there is, is there no part of Evan Mathis that wanted to be part of this team that's going to We didn't want to be part of the Eagles, who are a pretty good well, team. Well, that's fine, but you could argue Because a $1 million raise wasn't big enough for him, so I would think that money... You, you yes, could argue that a month ago, Evan Mathis would look, and today, look at Denver as a, as a better Super Bowl contender than the Eagles. Well, the team... Whether that, he's right or wrong. The teams brought up, you know, around are like, how many teams are really non-Super Bowl contenders? Maybe it was the Raiders or something, and he didn't want to play for the Raiders, but right. if it was the teams mentioned with Mathis, Jets, Dolphins, it's like, whatever, you could, you can make the Super Bowl. If, if I'm reading between the tea leaves on Greg's analysis, what the boss is saying is that money really is the root of all evil. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. It makes the world go round in your, in your uh, estimation. No, I'm, I'm saying it was important to Evan Mathis, and he cost himself a lot of money when that was his prime objective. He might not be the best guard in the NFL. 
Oh, just saying, if you're only getting 2.5 million base salary, you might not be the best guard in the NFL. That's what's called Wes's PFF shot of the week. Yeah, we're gonna do Math that as a just, weekly segment. Looking it's for not a shot at PFF. It's a shot at people who take their word as gospel. PFF, they do great work. They do awesome. An work. analytics site that studies every snap had Mathis listed as the number one guard in 2013 and 2012, and number two last year, despite him missing seven games. So they love. Mathis. That's something only a football head would really. Uh, yeah, TD, how about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just keeps wow. bringing it over and over. You old butt face. <laughs> Next up, we head to Big D. Very bad news for cornerback Orlando Skandrick, who collided with a rookie wide receiver in practice. The result of that collision, a torn ACL and MCL in his right knee. He will miss the remainder of the 2015 season. Uh, this is a, speaking of PFF, uh, Skandrick was ranked number 12 out of 120 qualified corners. By far the best cornerback on the Cowboys. Wes, how did, how did they survive this? They lost Sean Lee last year. They found a way, but now they lose their best cornerback and not a position of strength. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you said it right there. It's hard to write off the Cowboys' defense because they lost guys last year and still survived with a bunch of no-name guys. So in the secondary, Byron Jones, their first-round pick, is going to have to step up and play, and they need Morris Claiborne. You know, another first-round pick who's been a massive draft bust. They need him to finally play well. Well, and Brandon Carr is one of the biggest free agent busts of the last couple years. He's really only on this team because Jerry Jones is a rare owner willing to just pay him anyways because he's going to play, and, and he's been terrible. Byron Jones isn't healthy. They need Carr to step up. They do have a lot more talent on defense this year than they did a year ago, so you would I think, think that makes well, up for it. Talk about another GM that's done a good job as Jerry Jones went out and took a few risk flyers on some guys like Collins on the offensive line and Gregory on defense. I, I, like, the, I like the Byron Jones pick. Skandrick looked very good down the stretch, but to lose your top corner, you're in a division with Odell Beckham, mm. Sean Jackson, and an Eagles defense that pretty much does what it wants. You, it's a tough to lose your top cover man in that situation because they don't have who, who's buying into Mo Claiborne at this point. I'm not Jerry and if Jones. He's healthy. I mean, who knows it's, if we haven't seen it. Who knows if Byron Jones is on the field? It's a problem. Major problem, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I take back what I said about the football. Well, it's like yeah, I, you got the bottom dropped out of the analysis there. I thought you guys had more in the well. You, you shocked me. I'm sorry. Bad news when you lose your top corner. That's there it is. There. Well, he's put a he, bow on it, baby. Skinny. Do you, are you? I, I know Wes isn't gonna. To most people out there, Orlando Skandrick is known not for his play on the field, but for his significant other. Are you aware of who his significant other is? Wes? No. Probably like a housewife from some city on a show. You're pretty much. You pretty much nailed it. But yes, a, a very, a very famous one. I'm surprised Dan doesn't know about this. TD, TD's got it. No, I was too busy calling Dan a butt face over his. Oh, well, come on! Uh, what well, are you gonna? By the way, don't don't beep out butt face. Yeah, we got to stop with the beeps on the unnecessary stuff. And by the way, you can't call me a butt face because I buried you with it first, so it loses its power <laughs> yeah. at that what point. What the hell's going on? Right, who here? is it? I mean, name uh, who's the person? Uh, she, she was one of the basketball wives, uh, Drea, I believe is her. Was she the one that beeps. was with Antoine Walker first? I'm supposed no. to know this? Like, no, he I'm matters saying, in some way? He pointed out that you wouldn't. And he was I, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Right, Congratulations, your wife is a reality star. Let's keep moving. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a new backup quarterback. His name is... Bark. It is Michael Vick. Yeah, buddy, Michael Vick has a job after months of waiting. Uh, the opportunity arose after Bruce Gretkowski suffered a season-ending hand and shoulder injuries uh, in a Sunday's bloodbath against the Packers. Open the door up for Vic, who worked out with the team Tuesday, signed with them Tuesday night. 35-year-old veteran, Mark, what has he got left in the tank, and do you like the signing? 
Well, I, I like the signing when they showed the list of the top available quarterbacks if you needed a backup. It is amazingly grisly. And Vic, at least, is someone that Tomlin, when Vic got out of jail, Tomlin was one of the coaches that had an interest in signing Vic. I think the problem I have with Vic is what happened last season where he was on a messy Jets team, but after a bad performance, came out and said, hey, look, sorry I didn't prepare. It's like, you, you, have, to, you have to take your role seriously. I think Pittsburgh's not going to allow for that nonsense. He was the best of the guys available. It's a, best, it's a much better fit than last year. He knows what his role is here. And, yeah, he has to be better than he was with the Jets because I, I sent a tweet out um, a few weeks back about Vic saying how he, I didn't think he was the answer. This was after Geno Smith got punched. You don't want to bring him back. And I got flooded because Vic has a very dedicated fan base to this day. But you don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 probably TD. Doesn't think I know what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, but the fact of the matter is he wasn't good last year. He was a bad quarterback. But maybe, Greg, in this situation he'll be better. He's is he worse than Bruce Gadkowski? I doubt it. No. So it's an upgrade it's, to me. It's a good thing. I, I'm not sure if it's an upgrade. I would say Vic had two of the worst 10 to 15 quarterback performances of the entire season last year in two of his games. were just unbelievably bad. The rest of his games were fine. I mean, he, he was okay and looked his like a His completion percentage has dipped drastically each season. It's a great situation, years. though. You know, you're Perfect. behind a guy who takes a lot of hits. Ben Roethlisberger has been known to miss a game or two. You bring in Vic, and mm. he's got the best weapons of his career, right? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Look at the and difference. He'll come in in the playoffs, help them to a playoff win, and then they win the Super Bowl, and Michael Vick goes out on top. Wouldn't that be a happy ending for a – oh, wait. I don't it's know. Po- it's possible. <laughs> yeah, but the, look at the difference in skill position between the Jets and the Steelers. If he's even, you know, 60% of what he used to be, I could see him doing some things and if he gets some playing time. Who would you rather have out. starting a game? Michael Vick or Ryan Fitzpatrick? I, I wouldn't even assume Michael Vick. Uh, Michael I would Vick. rather have Fitzpatrick. Fitzy. And Vick. I wouldn't assume he's the backup either. Landry Jones has looked pretty good I would. in the preseason. No, I, don't I think, think there's they a like chance him. that Landry I, Jones... I, I don't, I they're not signing him to be the third-string guy? Come like, on. There's a chance he doesn't make the team. I think there's a chance he shows up there, and he's a 35-year-old quarterback. I, I don't bad. know. Landry Jones, I don't think that they feel much for Landry Jones at all, and that's why this happened. They have to I mean, get another, veter- another quarterback in there at least to take a look. He's looked okay in the preseason. That's all I'm saying. What's up, TD? You got a question for me? Hey, hey uh, Dan, you want to be a football analyst? I got a football question for you. Sure. All right. Wow. Lay it on What me. year was Michael Vick on the cover of Madden, which came That's out? That's not a football, not a football question, question, but I'll give you the answer. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, he was the first overall pick in 2001. That's not what I asked. And he was on the cover of Madden 2003. Uh, close, we're wrong. 2004. You don't know your football. Wait. <laughs> You're a fool. It's not Dan, do you want to be a football analyst? He already is. That's what he's been employed for half a decade. He's been doing this job. No, you know, so. you don't even, thank you, Mark. I well, appreciate I get, it. We don't it need to justify it to this guy that just asked me a football question about who was on the cover of a video game 12 years ago. You know, <laughs> what, uh, where are we right now? What was it, 2004? 2004, that is. And let me tell you something. Let me give you a little football knowledge that you would have no idea of. Right. He's on the cover of Madden in, in the 2004 game, broke his leg in the preseason that year, missed half the year. But you probably oh! wouldn't know that. I Probably wouldn't know that, baby. I, I, didn't, I knew that. Maybe. Right up your butt. For your anyone butt face. listening to the podcast, you know, right now, TD is actually on the floor in a fetal <laughs> position, <laughs> sucking his thumb, shivering, singing that same song his mom sang to him. Anyone listening? Oh, TD, how I love you so much. You're such a great boy, TD. That was a nice song. She sounds nothing like that. But anyone listens to the podcast should be watching the podcast and seeing the great show we're producing here behind. Oh, that's uh, what I'm busy doing. Oh, TD, what are you doing? 
a disturbing 15 seconds from a company man. TD, I listened to the show. It wasn't, it was, I don't know what you're talking about, talking about Madden. That's not football. That's a video game. Wait, his, his, his mom is suddenly from was, like Middle yeah. Ireland? She was, she was the extra on Boardwalk Empire or something. I, don't know. I, lo- I mean, I lost the impression. It'll come back to me eventually. Uh, moving on. Reggie Wayne has agreed to a one-year deal with the Patriots. This went down on uh, Monday right as we we're coming downstairs. So I want to touch on this. Reggie Wayne entering his 15th season. Uh, looked, you know, D-U-N done uh, to a lot of people uh, last year. about done. Including, uh, including the people in this room, but perhaps now that he's got that thrown a sleaze on him, uh, you get a little, uh, you a little excited about Reggie Wayne having an impact, Greg? I love Reggie Wayne, but I don't. I would be surprised if he had a huge impact. I mean, if he ever was going to have some success, you would think it would be with Tom Brady, and you know he's a very smart receiver, and maybe he'll be that crafty guy that catches forty passes. But that, I would be surprised. How does Reggie Wayne get more guaranteed money than Evan Mathis? He didn't, did he? He had, what, $450,000? Oh, is that what's guaranteed? Yeah, oh, I'm no, so, oh yeah, that's up to, to 2.8. But that, that told me that he's making the team. Oh, I think he will, too. You, listen, Edelman is not a lock to play in week one, according to what he said himself. And Brandon LaFell could open on the PUP list. It's not that Reggie Wayne is being brought in to be a major part of this offense, but Bill Belichick loves this guy, called him versatile. He's a smart player, but he is having to learn a, new, a tough playbook out of the gate from the start. Well, it's he only because of injuries. They wouldn't have signed him. They put sure. two, two receivers on injured reserve this week, Brian Timms and Brandon Gibson, who both had a decent shot to make the team. They have more injuries at receiver, and so you give Wayne a chance. This is Reggie Wayne's age 37 season. <laughs> yeah. And the history of wide receivers 37 or older, basically, unless you're Jerry Rice, you're not helping your team. What if it's got, just for a couple weeks, though? I, I, the, the Reggie Wayne that we saw last year could not help a team. Now he had surgeries to fix those issues. I don't know what he's going to look like this year, right. but I thought he was the worst starting wide receiver in the NFL last year. He did say, you know, he's had three surgeries in, what, 20 months? And he, and he maybe he's just saying this, but he said that he was never healthy on any level from week one through the end of the year. Oh, that was obvious. But that's what happens when you're a 36-year-old sure, wide receiver. So, but I guess I'm looking at him as like a couple-week patch until you get – Edelman back, not you know. The, you get your your LaFell back down the road. They they are very thin at the position. Be drafting Danny Amendola in my fantasy league, mm. number one receiver for the Patriots. Mm. This is your chance. More on that <laughs> later. There's a tease. TD, do you have another question? I got another fo- another question in the football quiz for you, Dan. A lot of TD so Wayne, far on the show. This is straight football. Reggie yeah. Wayne, what hit comedy show did he appear on in the last two years? What comedy show did this is also is not football by the Can way? Can I answer this? Yeah, I'll I'll, def- I'll use my uh, lifeline, Wes. Parks and Recreation. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Right. So, Dan, you're 0 for 2. I'm going to go. <laughs> you're a fool. I have no idea. I'll you're go Shaws of Sunset. Uh, no, it was Parks and Rec. <laughs> Wes is absolutely correct. Dan's 0 for 2. Wes is 1 for 1. All right, next up, let's talk a little Hard Knocks. Episode 3. And, Greg, while we're here, Vanity URL, man. Where's the Vanity URL? Yes, go to <laughs> NFL.com. Hard knocks the best. Recap uh, on the web. <laughs> you know, sometimes I joke about the vanity URL, but this one's simple. NFL.com slash Dan's Hot Take slash Hard Knocks slash Members. I thought you said it was simple. Password, cool cats. <laughs> yeah, that's not how the internet works if you're looking for clicks. Oh, okay. Episode three. Uh, listen, this season is a lot, to me, a lot better than the previous season. I thought this episode maybe was a little bit of a step back personally, wow. but, but still... Um, I thought it was great. Okay, well, we'll get into that. I, what, maybe what left me a little bit 
dry was that they had the big hook of the episode, which was the Mallet Hoyer uh, decision by Bill O'Brien. He goes into that office, and you're hoping for some, you know, real uh, dramatics there. Not only is it, you don't ever see the faces or hear anything from either of those quarterbacks, they have Bill O'Brien walk out, and the episode ends. I wish I could have seen a little more interaction after that because you don't really get to see that decision too often. Uh, especially on TV. So to me, that was the thing I would be disappointed about. But there's a lot of things, Greg, to, that, to take out of the episode as well. Well, first of all, you said it. You don't get to see that. So even that, just having that moment and, that, and just knowing the timeline, it happened on Monday morning. So that's right before the show. That might have been a little tricky to get that into the show and everything. And I think there, there is a point where the Texans don't, you know, they have some, they don't have editorial control at all, but they can shut down. So they probably don't want to see, they don't want to, put Mallet and Hoyer in a spot where they're seeing them talk about it or whatever happens after. Maybe it wasn't even that interesting. I thought it was really interesting. And I'm always really jealous of coaches on Hard Knocks in general, and this is a good example, how they have meetings that last like 90 seconds long, huge decisions. They don't yeah. say they're sorry. They don't try to make everyone feel better. It's Bill O'Brien just sits down, he says it, and he gets up and leaves, and it's over. That's the big decision. You take inspiration from that. Yeah, I want to have short meetings. <laughs> I've never said anything You don't want to have like any that. meetings. You're an anti-meeting guy. Well, that's true. <laughs> I, I found it interesting, you know, you for any other team not on Hard Knocks, you have to kind of read between the lines. But he said it, Bill O'Brien said, Brian Hoyer, listen, you're the starter, but I'm not going to wait for you for eight weeks. If, if you're bad, I'm going to get I'm going to get the other guy in there. And he also said Brian said the same thing to his coaches before that meeting, where he said, I think he referred to four weeks. He said, if he's not doing the job, we're going to go to the other guy. So there's no Brian Hoyer is on a short leash, even if O'Brien used the words he's not on a short. He also leash. called him to the coaches, basically the same guy, which is funny because you'd think that oh, these guys have these takes on these two quarterbacks after all this practice that we can only guess what they're thinking, but. Mm-hmm. They're sitting in the coach room. He's like, I don't see a whole lot of difference between these two. The leash is not super short, but if you're, if a month is stinks, you're out, baby. Well, I, I found it telling. He said, you know, Hoyer is more consistent in all aspects. And he they said, trust him he, more. He kind of said the meeting room, the building, and everything. And I kind of put that against the other scene where Ryan Mallett is involved in every single game of whatever they called it, kick the gigantic plastic ball tennis thing, which looked like a lot of fun, and I thought yeah. we should play that. Do you remember what it was, what was it called? The name of the game it was, was like, called Swennis. Swennis. And yeah. Swennis looked like a lot of fun, but Matt, Ryan Mallet to Swennis was like west to cornhole. He's in there playing Swennis all day. He's the start. I don't know. That just struck me. He's the Swennis guy. You don't want Tom Brady in there playing Swennis all day? Well, Greg, uh, Mark, you, well, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was an absurd game. Uh, Mark, you, you got up this morning, you watched it early on HBO Go. Yeah. This after Greg gave you the stern talking to about not watching the last week episode, this time you delivered. Yeah, I mean, I, well, you know, number one, I watched last week's very late in the game and it hooked me in, so I got up early to watch this. I think for me, all these teams that don't want to do this, especially the marginalized teams that don't get a lot of coverage, bad move because I think if you're Bill O'Brien... My impression of who Bill O'Brien was a year ago to this summer to after watching these three episodes, completely transformed. I really feel, number one, that he is an excellent coach who is quick with his decisions and he means what he says. But, I mean, listen, it's a cynical world we live in, but when they showed him when he goes home to his family and his kids, I mean, I just think, like, this guy is the real deal. I mean, if anyone, he is a special needs child, anyone that's ever had that in their life or, or as a parent dealt with that, the way that he came through that door and became a completely different person, um, you know, and I think there's a real appreciation for who he is as a father 
a husband, but then also as a coach. I just think more coaches should want this. Mm. Yeah. If you can deliver, he's delivered. He came, I mean, he came off extremely well, and he seemed very genuine. My wife had to leave the room during that scene. It was uh, a heavy scene. His son, it, right. uh, Jack, is 13 years old, has a, a very serious um, uh, birth uh, disorder that he was born with, that he has seizures every morning when he wakes up. He issues with his eyes. Uh, clearly, you know, a very disabled uh, child, and... And to see how he interacted with him, and then see him go back to—it's it's amazing because you hear all the times about all the time how much these guys have to put in, how much work. Then he goes home and he has all these other obstacles that him and his wife, uh, Colleen, her names—they have to overcome as well. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I don't know how you could root against the guy. That's you know? that's why, and I agree. I used the Texans are one of my have been one of my least favorite teams for a while for no particular reason, sure. and now this is making them like them a yeah, lot. And yeah. that's why I was thinking about it. It's like. Forget the sports Emmy for this show. This should be in the mix for real Emmys. I mean, what other shows are oh are mixing in uh, just the way it's all cut together, real, like, life decisions in terms of the quarterback thing. And then you also have, like, your star quality with J.J. Watt. That's been a lot of fun. Uh, and then you have a real heavy sort of life situation in terms of O'Brien. I mean, what other shows are showing everything like yeah, that? Yeah, Ric Flair and Rocky, yeah. uh, Randy Macho Man Savage impressions. It doesn't get any better I than also that. think that J.J. Watt and Vince Wilfork together... Now, I came down hard on Watt in the first episode. I came around. I think, number one, he is who he is. Uh, but the two of them, where they're just sitting around talking about the, how much they love breakfast and brunch, and Will Forks is talking about his wife cooking up a huge breakfast. Right. That's my True Detective season three pairing mm. right there. Oh, Watt I like that. Will Fork. Well, it, and it, it's a great outlet for fans, and this is why the NFL loves this show, because you become fans of low guys you've never heard of before, and it puts a face on them. Like I am a fan of Charles James now. Yeah. The rest yeah. of his career, I will think I love I love that guy. I, I'm a fan of Easy. I don't know how to say his <laughs> name. Uzama Nwachu. I like Courtney Brown. Yeah. I mean, that was a nice moment. With just that moment that you don't even think about Courtney Brown having a big interception in a preseason game. That that was the best moment Huge. of his entire. Everyone career. bags on the preseason, and this guy is flipping his game ball in the air with a grin a mile wide on his face. You see, like how much these things mean to the guy. By the way, easy. They sent him to NASA. Sometimes hard. <laughs> no, that was the well, the whole group went. The yeah. whole group goes, and easy has. These are the comments he asked a NASA <laughs> official. Is there water on space? Is one on question. Space. On space. And then they, they give him the phone to talk to the guys in the actual space station. And he, his first question, hello to you, brothers. My name is Easy. <laughs> I got a couple of question, questions. I loved Pluto as a planet. What happened there? <laughs> to do, on the phone to actual dudes in space. Right. They were looking. The one guy behind him as he was like unfurling these questions, like the NASA guy behind him was just like... Who is yeah, this dude? Like at first, the, the NASA guy behind him, who's like trying to save the world, uh, that's his job. Uh, he has like kind of a bemused grin. By, by the end of it, he's like, get this clown out of my... <laughs> oh, excuse me. Get this guy out of my studio. That, that moment, though, Keep NASA, the guys behind the glass NASA busy. has to love it because his childlike wonder when he was like, Wait, this is the real. This is the real thing. Yeah, I mean, he was genuinely just like wildly excited. It's like Owen Wilson in Armageddon. Oh, so like he asked him, "What do they eat up there? Do you guys grill?" <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But somehow he does. Easy doesn't get quote of the day. That goes to Chris Polk, running back. Uh, a new catchphrase. I'll be using it often. We actually got to cut it for the show. Ooh, ooh, bang, bang, chicken and shrimp. Love it. <laughs> 
Well, I guess I'm the only one that liked well, it. No, I love chicken and Sorry, you guys, that I liked it. I love learning about like Mike Rabel, who I think is. Yeah, you was, find out how great. hard these position coaches have to work. I mean, it just you learned. I go with Greg. The Texans hard not to root for him now. I said that. <laughs> Another great ooh, football ooh, bang, point bang. by Dan Chicken and shrimp. <laughs> uh, TD, you have anything else? I have uh, the last question in the football quiz for okay. you, Dan. All right, we're talking Hard Knocks. I want you to name the seven teams that have appeared on the show Hard Knocks. Oh, my God, you're the worst. How is this entertaining for people to listen to? It's a football show. Apparently. All right, the Cowboys. Chiefs. The Bengals. Don't help them. The Chiefs. The Dolphins. The Jets. The Falcons. The Jaguars. <laughs> oh, that wasn't officially. And the Texans. Ravens. There's one more. There you go. But you forgot the Ravens. And the That's Ravens, 2001. The Ravens. There were more Ravens. than seven. You said Ravens. But there was more than seven. Yeah, come no, on. You know what? That's seven more teams. More than seven. All right. Thank you. That's seven teams. Produced by NFL Films, by the way. TD, I will, I will go check it again, but I'm pretty sure there's more than seven teams. Yeah. So if you're going to be in charge of a game, know what you're talking about. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of TD early in the show. I was going to say, I like a, it. I'm just saying in a, a production meeting, I want the listeners to notice, too. Sometimes when TD, people are going at him, he'll go, all right, well, either way. <laughs> so we, sh- we should start an either way uh, counter on Twitter either every way. time he says it. That's my, hey, let's move the show on because, uh, you know, we've got a lot to get to. All right, let's move on. This is the guy who just asked the uh, random trivia questions. Mundane question about the history of an HBO show. <laughs> football hard-hitting football questions, guys. All right, enough with you, TD. And no more questions. I think I've proved myself beyond a shadow of a doubt. Let's move on to our next segment which is called Teams We Feel Different About Over Course of Calendar Month. <laughs> just rolls right out right of Right off the tongue. Wait, so yeah. calendar month, I mean, we're just counting August. We can't consider the last week. I can dip, dip into July a little bit. Okay. Okay. So Why maybe, they, maybe in, on top of it being a little cumbersome, it's not quite accurate. <laughs> yeah, not technically. But enough of it's there that people would understand what this is about. Maybe. Teams that you felt a certain way about on August 1st or maybe July 26th. And now you feel differently for one, either good or bad. You just feel differently. The home run segment coming at you. Home run. And we'll start with Chris Wessling, the mailman. Here, what is a team that you feel different about over the course of calendar month? I feel differently about Kevin Patra's Detroit Lions. Mm. Hubba hubba. I think going into training camp, the Vikings were my choice and a lot of other people's choices to be the frisky team in the NFC North. And now I think the Lions are just a better team. They were better last year by quite a bit. And I think they're better this year. You've got questions I had before camp. Is Amir Abdullah an impact rookie? Will he be splitting with Joy Bell? Will he be an afterthought? That was one question. Uh, how does the defense look without Indomitian Sue? I mean, this guy was one of the top five players in, on the defensive side of the ball last year. How, you know, without Nick Fairley, how is that front seven? And then uh, Eric Ebron, the first-round pick last year, was a massive disappointment. Matthew Stafford was inconsistent last year. Is that connection between the two of them fixable? So it mm. gives the offense an explosive third weapon. And then now, after pre- after a couple weeks of preseason, after training camp, Amir Abdullah has to be one of the favorites for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Mm. He looks like an impact player. Um, I think he looks like a star, and he gives this offense another uh, weapon. He fits really well in their offense. And then the front seven looks like they almost killed RG3. I mean, they were all over him. That was their first first string defense. They looked pretty phenomenal to me. And then if you add Ebron to Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate, this is one of the best trios in the league. If if Ebron makes that leap, this could be an explosive offense. 
So you you would count them as well. It's weird to count a team that made the playoffs last year with an 11 and five record, by the way, a better record than Eli Manning and the Giants have had in like seven had in Super Bowl seasons. You're, would you count them as a sleeper team then? Because no one's talking about the Lions. Like right. they're going to be a playoff team. I don't know what the word. I don't know what the word sleeper means in sports anymore. Okay. It's changed its meaning so much in the past couple of decades. But you're right that nobody's talking about them. Everybody's talking about the Vikings. You're putting them in the playoffs then. Yeah. Right? Okay. Wait, I'll throw it out there. Just the heat check on the Lions. Jordy Nelson out of the picture. The Lions all of a sudden looking super frisky. Any chance they contend for that division? Sure. Why not? Win it outright. Beat out the Packers. I mean, There's a chance. Last year. There's a chance. Yeah, they, they beat the Packers once last year. Hmm. All right. Next up, Greg Rosenthal. We would like to know the teams that you feel different about over the course of a calendar month. Uh, why don't you give us the same thing, a little before and a little after? Well, you know, going into late July 26th and then into August, because that's the month we're looking at. I, You know, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm going to start there. And I just figured, okay, it's the Patriots. Uh, some things don't look great on paper, but they figure everything out. And then, you know, my other you know, second point is like, well, who really cares at this point? I have experienced more joy because of this great football team than uh, I could possibly hope to imagine. I'm on the throne of ease. Everything is great. It doesn't matter what happens. Uh, my third point, because they wanted us to make three, was point number one. <laughs> uh, was Pat's figure everything out. But I have to admit, after the last few weeks, I feel a little different after the fact I mean, you look at their wide receiver situation, uh, that's a mess. It's, it's a total disaster right now. Five of their top six wide receivers are injured. If, when Danny Amendola is the only healthy guy, that's a problem. I mean, if Danny Amendola is your beacon of health and you're thro- throwing it to Jim A. Mundine as your top tight end to start preseason, <laughs> that's a problem. Running backs are a mess. You know, guys like Deion Lewis are playing with the first team. The cornerbacks are a mess. Malcolm Butler is the number one cornerback, and Terrell Brown, who's been cut by the 49ers and, Bra- and uh, Raiders, is, is another starter. Um, my I like this. Or offensive line could be a mess, too. A couple rookies starting. We'll see how that works out. I don't know. It's just, you know, part. my fifth point would be the Pats figure everything out in the end anyways. It's the Patriots. But no, uh, it, point. I'm just saying that's a Watch, lot. I think Keith Mumphrey is going to end up with 80 catches for 1,000 yards this year. How about that? I'm just saying. It's all coming crumbling down. I know. On one level, like, that's all true. On the other, I feel a disconnect from it all because I'm, I'm, I'm content. If, if it all fell apart now, <laughs> it's been great. That's, be fine. I mean, that's the Throne of Ease in a, in a nutshell. Sure. Apparently there's a rights issue now with the Throne of Ease music so we can't play it. I'm getting told behind the glass. <laughs> yeah, it has to do with, the, like, a, it's like a singer-songwriter from the 13th century <laughs> up in arms about the fact that There's a minstrel really I, upset about I this. I pulled that audio from, seriously, a guy that died 400 years ago. We're going to get banged by a copyright lawyer? <laughs> hey, man. Classical tracks, man. You are allowed to play anything that's over 100 years old. That's the, that's the rule. That is the rule. Maybe check the rules. There's a test for you, TD. Let's get some old classical music. Stop ruining yeah. the show. Do you guys think I'm overreacting to the Patriots? I think you're reacting fine, but you've said it yourself. It's going to be week eight. They'll be seven and one. We'll forget this. No, the, are no you? Greg's absolutely right. They'll be four and four at the midway point. And, and probably, then rally. Probably rally. Do they have more issues right now than they did after the Chiefs blow out in week four last year? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Tom Brady wasn't about to sit out the next four games. Sessler. I mean, with the Eagles, I think it's one of, outside of the Niners, one of the teams that the offseason was a little bit seen as a boom or bust because so many changes were being made. And I, I had my doubts because, number one, my first question was, all right, you went and got Sam Bradford. I get that everyone likes him. They like his draft pedigree, and he's a great fit for this offense. But can he walk? 
We had not seen a quarterback come off of two massive knee surgeries, so it's a clear question mark. Number two, you know, you got DeMarco Murray, you got Ryan Matthews. Is it too much of a good thing? Is there going to be issues? Are they going to complain about playing time? Can Number Sam three, Bradford walk? Well, it was a fair question. Can he walk? Can he be mobile on a football field? If well, that's different. Two right. different things, though. I had not seen him walk. I, I wanted fair to enough. know. A year, a year ago at this time, he could not walk. Fair question. It's yeah. fair question. Number three, is Chip Kelly potentially just insane? And he's just, you know, he's a king running wild over his kingdom. Now, here we are, <laughs> you know, a calendar month later from July 26th to August 26th, a full calendar month. I feel very confident about this Eagles mm. team. And I probably was late to the draw. I think so. other people... Thought, had that confidence all along. I think Bradford, in the one brief drive that we saw, he moved fine. He took a couple big hits, got up. We'll see if that lasts. Murray and Murray and Matthews, I think this is going to sing. We did have them ranked as the number one backfield in our backfield rankings. But, but they got something here. Well, listen, Matthews, yeah, Bacchus, but Matthews is the better skills, surprise. Eh? All these people that said, <laughs> right oh, here, Matthews, River City, see? Matthews is just being signed because they felt bad for him and he was in the complex. He looks fantastic in this offense. Four stars, a laugh riot. <laughs> right, today. I'm done. Look at these I'm crazy done. guys. I'm done. What's point number three? You can't three? get to a segment without these clowns. <laughs> I think the third thing is Chip Kelly, you know, he's put his entire <laughs> reputation on the line, and I think it works. He's, he, he's sort of saying, when, it's, when you get the benefit of the doubt when you're the, when you're the Patriots, you sign guys, you cut them, it's Belichick, you know what you're doing. I don't think Chip Kelly did not have that reputation in Philly. That's a tough town. I think he will after this season if they continue mm. to Why do Why did you throw your papers down? <laughs> Why are you so angry? No, I'm not angry. I'm trying to I see it in your follow eyes. the script in the show, and I got three clowns just shouting. Crazy at me. likes Demarco. He's at it again. What? And plus, you're making fun of a coworker who works in our company. So, who? Who? Charlie Casserly, who's a gentleman. No, I wasn't doing not it. every old timey guy. Is Charlie Casserly. That's the Casserly voice. That was, no, that wasn't. That was just a. That was. I was a. Generic... Take all three of them to HR. <laughs> These guys are swell. <laughs> Next point. It was just funny that you said that the two running backs would really make it sing this they year. Are. They are. They baby. They're going to. This sounded kind of like an old-timey Broadway review or something. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. That was what I was going for. Had nothing to do with Charlie Cash. I got gotcha. you. You took that personally. All right. Continue to walk backwards. All right. Here we go. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the Jets. I was very excited about the Jets in July, and maybe I'll talk. I'm sure I'll talk myself into them. This is what things looked like, um, you know, in July. The Jets had potentially the best defensive line in football. You had, I don't know if you guys know this uh, nickname, the Sons of Anarchy uh, for yeah. the three sons. And then Lenny Williams taking the sixth overall pick. You put it all together. Hubba hubba. Wilkerson, yeah. Harrison, yeah, Richardson. Yes, there you go. Took a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gino Smith, Greg, uh, even though I've been fighting this since day one, Greg pumping up Gino as a making the leap guy. And yeah, I talked myself into that a little bit. I said, yeah, some good reports. He's hanging out with Brandon Marshall in, in the good Brandon Marshall year. Maybe some good chemistry. And then, uh, you know, Todd Bowles replaces Rex Ryan. Goodbye, goodbye circus. It's going to be a tighter <laughs> ship. It's going to be a new, new uh, horizon for the Jets. And now after, Sheldon gone at least four, probably more. After all his problems, we already, I already knew he was going to be suspended four games. But now, who knows what's going to happen after his uh, speed racing debut in St. Louis. Uh, you know, Gino can't get past the metal detector now without incident. Can't That's do right. it. Got a lot problem. He's, got, he's got screws in his jaw sure. because straight up, and, you know, sometimes you get far further away from something and you, you don't even, oh, did that really happen? His teammate punched him in the jaw and broke it, and it ruined his career, most likely. Wait. 
And well, I don't. I, I, to be fair, I don't know if the metal detector thing is going to be a huge setback. It, they'll still let him through. It's, it's still, it's yeah. embarrassing. I mean, does he even have to go through a metal? These guys get like private planes, don't they? Well, no, wasn't <laughs> not it Gino not Smith that had a flare up on Southwest? At, uh, it was JetBlue, yeah. Jet but Blue. that wasn't his fault. And oh, finally, of course not. And finally, uh, guess up the clown car because that was, again, a classic Jets uh, malfunction moment, the whole Geno thing. And it took all the attention away from all the positive things and free agent with Revis and a really good draft and, again, made the Jets a punchline. So have I counted out the Jets? Absolutely not. I will never stop believing in gang green, but there is some reason for concern. And uh, just keeping it real, that's something I feel different about over the course of a calendar month. The one thing I... I would take issue with is the fact that they're just a big old clown car again, because I think you've got a coach and general manager that are on the same page. I think the GM situation is a thousand times better than it was a year ago. Bowles is universally respected. Now he's encountered a lot of nonsense over the first month, but this isn't what made the Jets a clown car in years past. I see that a little differently. And if they can avoid any other incidents, this will be forgotten by, by week one. But I mean, if, they're a clown card. The, if one more thing happens, then it, you know Todd Bowles is in trouble. A lot's happened. You know? Long term, I think they're fine. But when the two of the five most high-profile high players on the team have like disastrous, comical incidents within a couple weeks. All right, that's it for that uh, little talk. There, we'll check in with all those teams and see if we're still concerned. Another calendar month from now. Uh, before we get out of here, though, you know we need to touch base with someone, and it's been a couple weeks now. And this is a gentleman that uh, he's our New Jersey correspondent. He he's a guy that there's a lot of times where he gets upset about things, and you wonder, oh, is, is he gonna you know blow his top? Is it a, a potential for a dangerous situation for all of us? So what we did, we installed a segment into the show uh, that allows our gentleman from New Jersey to get things off his chest and share them with the world and keep himself sane. It's it's a segment that we call. Are you kidding me? With Connor Orr. And here he is. For the first time, uh, our listeners just know for the first time, uh, we have on Skype. Uh, is Skype paying us for this, by the way? Or are we paying Skype? In contract negotiations. Okay. Um, Connor Orr from his haunted mansion in New Jersey. And I, my goodness, it really does look scary. It's does a- it? Looks beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. sunlit room. Connor's the one who's scary. He's 15 feet tall right now. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? <laughs> well, you know, it is time. I know you've had a couple of weeks to think about something that's really been grinding your gears. So why don't you go ahead and get it off your chest? Dan, I think this week we need to talk about the dumbest thing in the NFL preseason, which is joint practices. Without question, the stupidest thing about the NFL preseason. Wow, this is actually <laughs> about the football end of things. Joint practices are stupid. Why? So why are they so stupid? <laughs> All right, so you can imagine, like, you know, in high school when you go out to practice, you know, which is the last experience I've had with, like, a professional practice, but you're already hot and angry and you don't want to be there, so let's bring in people that you don't know that are probably going to make you angrier when it's hot outside, <laughs> and then let's make you learn fake plays so as not to give away what your actual plays are, and then expect everyone to totally act totally big. It's all just a wild, dangerous farce. <laughs> and you see, so you see this, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
as something that there's really nothing to gain from it. It only could promote bad things. This is one of those dumb things that like Bill Belichick decided to do once and then everyone's like, oh, well, if Bill Belichick does it, then we all need to do it because then we'll all have the greatest team of the decade. Listen to the hooded one. He'll never let you down. <laughs> Wow. We don't need rights for that. Uh, I was waiting for this, the thing to be over, but now I can see myself waiting for it to be over. Which I'm, not, I'm not good in video. This is terrible. No, I, <laughs> I think you're doing a great job. So do you have anything else to get off your chest, either about joint practices or something else in life? Well, actually, I'm going to throw a curveball at everybody here really quickly and say that I've done a complete about face on Odell Beckham and that everyone should be completely cool to him now my favorite player. Wow, what? why is that? Well, wait a second. Not believable. Uh, for anyone that's unaware, Connor Orr is, uh, has, uh, takes a lot of issues with Odell Beckham, the talented Giants receiver, being a total egomaniac. What's changed? <laughs> it was less the egomaniac thing, but anyway, uh, I think that he's making the game fun again, and now that he's being chastised for celebrations, I think I've come completely full circle, and I'm dedicating all my energy to hating Odell Beckham. Don't forget, this is a kid's game. (laughs) Wow. So, in summation, you hate joint practices. They're all bad. Odell Beckham, forget about what he does. Concentrate on the people that are against him for having fun. Like you a week ago. (laughs) And is there anything else you have to say? Or are you kidding? There's some guy in, like, Des Moines that's like, wait a second, I played that riff. How is that not copyrighted? <laughs> right. Connor, thank you very much. Uh, be safe. That tree looks like it's potentially dangerous behind you. If this falls down, my ass is going to get cut in half. It's insane. Like, it's like 100 feet tall. It's a huge savior. Well, guess what? Connor, you live in a haunted house. I'm sure the spirits will t- t- keep the living thing that is a tree away from you, and you will be safe. You pay a mortgage, too, buddy. A lot of responsibility for Connor Orr. Thank you very much, Connor, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. I love seeing Connor. I know he's maybe a little uncomfortable at first about it, but once he gets comfortable. Sneaky factoid about that room. He tells me that whenever the, the in-laws come over, a bunch of other people, and it gets a little stressful, that he retreats. It's like a bathhouse room. He retreats there, and he plays Madden. And he's created a Madden team where mm. Pat Devlin has led this so-called hodgepodge of players to two straight Madden Super Bowls. So a lot of action mm. in that room. So in some ways, very mature, got the mortgage. In other ways, he's like a 12-year-old yeah, boy. Yeah, he like he's like a, a, a developing teenager that owns a, a property in New Jersey. It actually makes a ton of sense because he's a 27-year-old guy that got roped into a mortgage and a fiancé. Well, they, they get roped, into, get roped a, into a fiancé. He's still a boy at the same time, right. so he has these competing influences, his adolescence and manhood pulling at him in each direction. Mm. That's fascinating. Yeah, he's got an internal struggle, which is probably where a lot of the or you kidding me angst is born mm. from. Mm. I like how when the in-laws come over, he doesn't socialize. He retreats to his deck well, I think to, he t- to play man. So not allowed, by the way, I think he does to some extent, house. and then oh. you, you need a release. 
Like my in-laws, who I I, I like very much, they're uh, wonderful. Bob and Ann Bates. Great. They're coming on tomorrow. They're coming tomorrow night. Actually, staying for the weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Bob Bates, a big time listener too. Was wondering why you were in a bad mood today. <laughs> not true <laughs> at all. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. If I did not get along with my in-laws or I didn't feel like hanging out with them, and I just disappeared and played video games for an hour, that wouldn't go over well with the wife. Mm. Why does Greg insist on snitching on you today? Well, that was also, that was when you'd call a false snitch. Yeah, that's that's not snitching. That's called uh, humor, you know? I was making (laughs) something up for the sake of a joke. It was totally fabricated. That's called condescension. Listen, lessons in broadcasting just being issued for at will. All right, that's it for Wednesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We'll be back on Friday with, again, a big show, Win West's Toaster. Uh, coming up, so make sure you tune in for that and all the news, of course, another week of preseason action. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and TD behind the glass. Till Friday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.